It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Tim McMaster here along with Jason Beck, our MLB.com Tigers reporter. As we get closer and closer to opening day, Jason, about three weeks away as we get things going before April here in 2018. Opening day, March 29th. Every single Major League Baseball team will be in action that day. So let's talk about the latest here for the Tigers. And I want to start with Michael Fulmer. Missed his start on Sunday. little elbow soreness. It seems like the team isn't too concerned about this. What's the latest on Fulmer and his elbow? Yeah, he looks on track right now. Uh, he threw a, a bullpen session on Tuesday in Lakeland uh, through about 35, 40 pitches, somewhere in that range, and looked good. Didn't seem to have any issues with the uh, with the elbow. So he should be good to go. In fact, they were working a little bit on mechanics as he was going along to try to, I guess, kill two birds with one stone there. Um, I, it, it shouldn't be too big of an issue. I, I think he still has enough starts to be ready. Um, it shouldn't be a, a pressing concern. And by moving him back to Friday instead of uh, pitching him Tuesday, as they had originally mentioned, it keeps him on that path to where he would be on turn for opening day, even though they haven't announced him as the opening day starter yet. He sure seems to be on that path to where, as long as he's healthy, I, you would expect that he would get the ball on uh, March 29th. And the, I guess the best thing about this is that it's not in any way related to the surgery he had in the offseason, right? That's what they say. It, it, it sits in a different area of the elbow. And, you know, the thing is, you know, like the surgery, it basically shifted around the nerve. It, it really didn't do anything with the, uh, with the ligaments or anything like that. And this was muscular soreness. So unless it's just an adjustment process for, you know, the muscles to have the nerve in a different part of the elbow, it shouldn't really be considered any sort of after effect. Travis Wood was a guy that the Tigers had some hopes for. Uh, he was in the second year of a two-year $12 million deal that he signed with the Royals. The good news for the Tigers is that the Royals were still on the hook for, for the majority of that money. But unfortunately, a torn ACL for Wood, a, a tough break for him and obviously the Tigers. He was coming off a disappointing 2017 uh, how crushing a blow was this for him? And obviously, you would think his future with the Tigers at this point, as he'll be a free agent at the end of the year, is probably over. Yeah, it was pretty crushing, especially since it took him a while to come back, uh, you know, even to to get ready to pitch in the game, since he was dealing with the um, you know with the injury to his right index finger, which he had injured in in an off season you know kind of crossbow accident. So, you know, he'd been he's clearly a high energy guy. He was itching to get back onto the field. He got back out there, and he said the last pitch of the first inning or one of the last pitches he threw in that first inning, he felt he felt the uh, knee go. But first pitch of the following inning, he realized that 
something that was pretty serious, but he was hoping to get through that inning and then have it looked at. Once he got the comebacker and had to start running to start the rundown, he was in trouble. So it's that to compound the ACL tear with the meniscus is really bad, but he's not that old. He's young enough to where he should be able to come back from it. It's just going to take time. And when you're a guy who was coming in on a minor, you know, basically on a non-roster invite after a struggling 2017 season, it's really, you know, the last thing you need because now it's, it's really been, it's going to be two years since he's been the pitcher people know he can be. So there's going to be further questions. Probably going to have to look for a similar type deal going into 2019, I, I would assume. Yeah, and there's always so many concerns about pitchers and the shoulder or the elbow or all these things, and then to have it a knee, it's it's just kind of a crushing thing, absolutely. You mentioned him being an energy guy, and Miguel Cabrera seems energized this spring. You have a story up about the fact that the younger players in Tigers camp kind of have him excited, and uh, one of the things was on Sunday, I guess he ran ran through a stop sign at third, not something you necessarily want to see Miguel Cabrera doing in a spring training game, but it's also a good sign of, of how he's feeling right now. Yeah, I guess it's, you, know, you kind of have to be there watching Cabrera on a day-in, day-out basis. He runs through stop signs if he feels like he's got a chance to score. <laughs> he appeals to first base on his own when, when a catcher is trying to pitch against him, appeals. There's just these things he does. And you kind of accept that as part of his thing. Um, now he, he told Gardenhire after the play that he just wanted to test out the test out how he was feeling with the back and the legs and everything. And he did come up and he felt fine. So by all indications, he should be in good shape. And it's actually, even though it was a bad play, it was a good development that he feels good. And yeah, you know, as I as I wrote, I think in the story, you know, one of the things that Jim Leland talked about over the years, and I remember it, is that the big task for an incoming manager is to make sure the veteran players buy into what you're doing and what you're trying to change and, and what you're selling. Uh, because you've got to be able to get the veterans on board in order to get the team on board. If you don't have the veterans, it's always going to be a problem. So to get Cabrera this early, I think, was a real key. And I think Ron Gardner recognized that. And for uh, Cabrera to kind of be a vessel in that enthusiasm and to be able to channel the enthusiasm the Gardeners got going, I think is big for this team. So you have Miggy, who's obviously a veteran and an older guy, a, a great, great player. And then Victor Martinez, who's even older, 39 here as he gets ready for spring. And it sounds like he is a similar uh, situation in that there's a there's a spring in his step. Obviously, last year, super frustrating, only played in 107 games, had the, the heart issues. This is the final year of this contract. And at 39, you would think there's a chance this is the final year for V-Mart. Um, and it sounds like he wants to go out having a good time playing baseball. Yeah, I mean, he keeps hinting at this being his final year without necessarily saying this is his final year. But he's talked for the last couple of years about his post-baseball plans. He's got a cattle ranch um, downstate in Florida, kind of in the middle of the state. Uh, He's got a very talented uh, little boy who is starting to near his high school years. 
who I think he wants to watch play and develop and kind of uh, become a, a potential draft pick on on his own. And you get the sense he wants to to go out uh, strong. He doesn't want to go out a, a shell of what people remember him as a hitter. So I think this this spring was really important. Is really important for him in that regard. And you know, the numbers are kind of up and down so far. It's early, but I think the big thing is you see that punch back in the swing, and you see that approach that you're kind of used to seeing. And I don't know if anybody expects like a huge year from him along the lines of what he did in 2014 or or 2016. But if he can be a productive switch hitter, if he can give them some run production, and if he he can make that contact that you're used to seeing out of him, even if he's not moving around all that well, you know, after all the knee issues over the years, I think the Tigers would take that. You would take the veteran presence in the lineup, and they would take him, you know, being able to kind of help some of these younger players along. He's got to be on board with it, and he seems on board with it. I think the Tigers would take that. Mike Illich was obviously an owner that that was invested in the teams that he owned and and spent a lot of money on this Tigers franchise and was present at spring training, always made a visit. And now his son, Chris Illich, has done the same, although with a different kind of twist because I have a feeling, Jason, that when Mike Illich visited the Tigers in Lakeland, he didn't have a lot of questions for the analytics department, but that's where Christopher spent a lot of his time in the last week, right? Yeah, it was a lot of the stuff behind the scenes, which was surprising. Yeah, he, he talked with the scouts in previous meetings. Uh, he actually attended the uh, late off-season scouting meeting that they had down here, uh, in which part of the uh, work was preparation for the top draft pick and kind of helping a, a long list that they can start to whittle down. And he wanted to be a part of it. He asked Al Vila if he could be a part of that he showed up and he thanked scouts for their work and kind of reinforced what they were trying to do there. And then when he came down here last week, he visited with the analytics people. He toured um, some of the player development stuff they've got going on. He talked with the player development staff. Uh, he even looked at some of the technology investments they've been making, uh, which, which have been actually some quietly some pretty big ticket dollars they've, they've invested in that, in which he's been on board with, with doing and you get the sense from him that he's trying to do some of the heavy investing, but in different ways than his father did. His father was about big signings, about bringing stars into uh, into the club, and about uh, you know, trying to adopt a win-now philosophy. You get the sense from Chris that he's trying to build the infrastructure right now, and that's big. The thing you keep in mind you know, I think not just with the Tigers, but with a lot of clubs, is that while player payroll is subject to the luxury tax, you can spend as much money as you want on player development, on analytics, on technology, on scouting. And you know, there's, there's no real parameters on that. You can do a lot of investing in that that can be rewarded without being penalized from a financial standpoint. So uh, that you get the sense that's what he wants to do. He, he talks even with, with his hockey club, uh, operating the Red Wings, about investing in the future and about trying to have a young squad and trying to be able to develop talent from within. Uh, he's trying to do that a lot 
with the club right now with the idea of build, building a team that can be competitive year in and year out and then be able to have their cycles where they can compete for for championships. So, And I, I think as years went on and as this team kept doing free agent signings and kept doing big trades, it was becoming harder to sustain that uh, through – through the, you know, the other ways they were doing it. So he's trying to build it up a different way. That's going to develop some, that's going to require some pain for a couple of years uh, competitively, but ideally it'll, it'll pay off if all these investments do what they're intended to do. Yeah, and it's certainly the way the game is going in general, for sure. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Tigers edition. For Jason Beck, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.